0: chapter 28 of the boy chums in the florida jungle by wilmer m eli this librivox recording is in the public domain reading by maparard chapter 28 shooting to kill when night came charlie and walter had to go on the picket line alone for the two remaining spanish guards would have to join the grading gang in the morning they adopted the plan the first two spanish guards had used of each one making a half circle of the camp for several hours they paced wearily back and forth but as midnight drew near they became more watchful and alert for this was the hour that their enemies generally chose to make their attacks all the camp was fast asleep and silence reigned unbroken except for the exhaust of the machine and the occasional heavy fall of a fire eaten tree in the jungle. But in their loneliness, the boys were comforted by the knowledge that in their tents, Captain Chris, the engineers, and many of the Spaniards were sleeping, fully dressed with their guns by their sides, ready to run to the lad's assistance at the first alarm. And soon it came, the sharp crack of rifles around both camp and machine. The two lads answered promptly, firing at the bright streaks of the blazing rifles in the darkness. "'Keep down! Keep down! Get behind the sand heaps!' Charlie shouted as those in the tents came running to their assistance. "'Keep down! They are shooting to kill this time!' A rain of bullets thudded against the sand heaps as the defenders dropped behind them and fired over the tops the darkness was pierced with streaks of spurting fire as rifle spoke to rifle it was evident that the enemy were shooting to kill and the defenders did the same wherever a rifle flash lit up the darkness they aimed at the place and quickly fired occasional cries and oaths told them that some of their bullets were finding their mark but they were not to go unhurt for their part charlie who had raised himself up to fire felt the thud of a bullet and his left arm dropped helplessly by his side in the excitement he felt no pain but letting go his rifle he drew his automatic and blazed away with it walter behind the next pile had his straw hat shot off his head bob bratton pitched forward on his face and lay still and motionless while one of the spaniards sank to the ground his hand clapped to a wounded leg and cursed fluently once walter glanced back at the machine its platform was revolving rapidly and the rifles of its crew were spatting viciously but the enemy did not now have the protection of the trees and they could not long face the hail of lead being poured upon them their firing suddenly ceased from where they had stood came piercing shrieks, and following the shrieks came frightened yells and the thud of running feet. "'Captain, take most of the men and go to the aid of the machine,' Charlie commanded. "'The fighting is over here.' The old sailor hurried away, followed by McCarty and most of the Spaniards. From the darkness ahead of the two boys still came the awful shrieks. "'Chris, get a lantern. We must find out.' what's the matter out there charlie said the little negro was back in a minute with the light and taking it from him walter led the way hastily toward the shrieks which were growing fainter he was closely followed by his chum and chris with their automatics in their hands as the lanterns lit up the scene of the shrieks walter shrank back with a cry of fear and horror a hideous head with lidless gleaming eyes was reared many feet above the ground recovering himself with an effort the lad raised his automatic and fired directly between the gleaming eyes at the same minute charlie and chris discharged their weapons and the hideous head fell to the ground holding aloft the light the three frightened boys advanced cautiously its rays shone down on a sickening sight on the ground lay one of the gunmen crushed into a shapeless mass, while, still partly coiled around the man's body, a great boa constrictor writhed in its last death struggles. Ugh! shuddered Walter. I did not know there was such an awful thing in Florida. Fire drove it out of the jungle, I guess, said Charlie jerkingly. Let's get back to camp. Bratton has fallen and one of the Spaniards is badly hurt. We can do nothing here. It's all over. They had carried Bratton in and laid him upon his cot and were helping the wounded Spaniard in when Walter cried, Look at the machine! Look at the machine! The machine and the air about it was a mass of flames. Black figures were leaping from its platform. Rifle bullet hit gas tank muttered charlie dreamily explosion can't work nights keep her going daytimes wait enough men unhurt to do that i'm tired awfully tired think i'll go to sleep pretty soon and the lad weak from loss of blood sank unconscious to the ground when charlie opened his eyes it was to find himself in his cot his arm neatly bound in splints the sun shining in the open tent flaps, and Walter sitting on a box by his side. "'How did I get here?' he asked in wonder. The last I remember was the machine being in flames." "'You keeled over in a faint,' Walter replied cheerfully. "'Loss of blood, I guess.' "'Was there anyone killed?' Charlie demanded anxiously. We thought Bratton was for a while, but the bullet hit a rib and glanced out again, making only a flesh wound. He'll be all right again in a week. The three Spaniards on the machine got pretty badly burned, but not dangerously so. Luckily for them, the ditch was there. They jumped right off the machine into it. The engineer, by some miracle, escaped without a burn. Zikavia, the Spaniard that was wounded in the leg, will be around again in a few days. He has only got a flesh wound. I guess that's all, except we buried that dead gunman this morning. The machine? Is it running? Charlie questioned eagerly. Yes, I got them to start her up again this morning, but we can't run her nights, for we have neither lights nor a night crew. Go on, said Charlie gravely. I see that there's worse to follow. Well, if you will have it, I suppose you might as well learn it now, as a little later, Walter said. The fact is the whole gang of Spaniards are going to quit. I had hard work to get any of them to remain over today. I suppose this is the end, said Charlie, with a wry smile. Well, we have fought a good fight, and I, for one, am not going to give up yet. There is such a thing as knowing when one is licked. This chum said sadly, and I think about every one on the job has reached that point. I do not see how we can do anything more. Charlie lay quiet for a minute, thinking. Then he said quietly, "Will you get me about a pint of hot, strong coffee, Walt?" "Sure," answered his chum quickly, glad to see Charlie taking the ill news so quietly. When he returned, it was to find his chum sitting on the edge of his cot, trying to dress, but making an awkward job of it with only one hand. "'You must not get up,' he protested, but Charlie only smiled and said lightly, "'Nonsense. A broken arm is no excuse for lying in bed. Why, it don't even pain me much. The pain will come later when the bone begins to knit.' "'Will you please get all the men together?' I want to talk with them a bit. When Walter had gone, the lad finished dressing and drank the strong coffee, which put new strength in his body. When he emerged from the tent, it was to find that his chum had gathered together in a body outside all the men but those confined to the hospital tent. He had even brought in the men from the machine, which had been stopped for the purpose. Charlie wasted no time in idle words but came directly to the point. "'My chum tells me, men, that you all want to quit,' he said in Spanish. "'Sí, senor. Sí, senor. Yes, sir, yes, sir,' came the eager answer from the crowd. "'You are your own masters,' continued the lad. "'Of course you are free to quit whenever you want to, and there will be no trouble about getting your money when you wish to go, although your month is not up yet.' He paused for a moment and looked over the eager faces, gathered before him, before he continued. I would not attempt to keep you on this job against your will, but I will say that I think it is foolish of you to quit now. All the bridges between here and Jupiter have been destroyed, so I cannot take you in with the truck. To attempt to make your way in through the woods and carry your belongings with you would be folly for the way would be long and winding, and you would run the risk of getting lost. Besides, there are several of your companions who are sick and unable to travel. Surely, you do not want to desert them. Now, what I wish to propose is this. You all know the teamster has gone in to get more mules. We expect him back any hour. When he comes, If you are still minded to quit, we will hire an Indian guide and send you in by wagon. Until he comes, I would ask you to continue at work. Our lights on the machine are ruined so we can only work daytimes, and in the daytime you are in no danger from our enemies. Those of you who do not work on the machine will throw up breastworks all around the camp so that we will be well protected at night when he ceased the spaniards drew to one side for consultation in a few minutes bossy came forward and said in his quaint broken english we stayed till by and by wagon come then catches town we all like ye boss plenty like ye grub like ye job but no like ye mud no like ye fever no like ye shooting all the time we work till wagon come no more good said charlie you can go back to work now it might be worse he remarked to his chum the machine will be kept going daytimes anyway end of chapter twenty eight